0: Hey there candy corn, welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon
1: And I'm your other host, Angel
0: And this is our twice monthly podcast
1: dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense Though we will say it hasn't exactly been twice monthly because we took a little downtime the last month partially mercury retrograde inspired, partially my own grief vacation, yeah. life inspired. We're doing our best over here and we appreciate y'all rolling with us. Exactly. Um, now can we unpack candy corn? It's candy corn season. Oh, yes. I can't stand candy corn.
0: I love candy corn. <laughs> I can't I can't buy it cuz I will eat it until I am sick. But I love it. And I know it's
1: disgusting,
0: but I love it.
1: It just tastes like plastic to me.
0: And honestly, my favorite candy corn isn't even the traditional candy corn. It's those pumpkin candy corns. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Which is even more disgusting. What is
1: the flavor of them? It's sugar. I know, but what do they taste like? Like, I don't feel like they taste like anything. They taste like sugar. <laughs> well, they should at least try.
0: I mean, I love it. I, I wouldn't change a
1: thing. Like if the pumpkin, if it was pumpkin spice candy corn, I'd be all over no, it. No, don't mess with it. Just give me that straight up sugar rush. It's the
0: texture that I can't Oh do. my God, the texture is my favorite part. Oh, it's so like,
1: just thinking about it, I don't like it.
0: But I also really like marzipan and it has kind of a marzipan-esque quality. Well, marzipan I like because you like the almond flavor yes and you don't
1: mind the texture of marzipan no because it just tastes so good I don't care yeah but it's also usually like a very thin layer over a yummy piece of cake when I'm eating marzipan you so know, it's you like wouldn't, a princess cake.
0: you wouldn't just eat like a marzipan candy because they make marzipan candy too yeah I don't think so see I would just eat marzipan candy until
1: I get sick So yes, hi, we are the Spiritual Gaze. (laughs) I'm Angel Lopez. I'm a writer, a film producer, an astrologer, and a teacher of all metaphysical things.
0: And I'm Brandon Alter. I'm a queer spiritual healer. I am a tarot reader, an astrologer, also a teacher of these things, and I'm a writer and a performer.
1: And a candy corn enthusiast. Uh, honey. Addict. <laughs> I, honestly, you're not, because I don't ever see you eat candy. Corn. I'm a recovering candy corn. Are you addict. like eating it in the car? No, or no, no. I haven't like eaten it, hiding it in years. Probably. Are you going into the bathroom late at night and, and just, just eating, eating candy, candy corn? corn? Is that what's happening? Oh my goddess! No, that'd be sad. You're hiding it in the toilet bowl.
0: oh gross! <laughs> not toilet candy. <laughs> you're disgusting. That's an
1: addict, honey. No,
0: I just, you know, I always say like my self control starts and stops at the grocery store, like. If I have the self-control not to buy it, great. But as soon as it enters my house, it's kind of like fair game. And I could never buy candy corn because I would would probably eat a whole bag and I would just be sick. Like I used to do with like gummy candy.
1: Oh, yeah. That I saw you do. Oh, my God. Yeah, I used to eat gummy
0: candy like by by the bag full.
1: All right, well, as a treat, I'm going to get you some candy corn. Do the holiday. not.
0: Absolutely no.
1: So, we will be giving out our mailing address if you want to send <laughs> just buckets of candy corn to Brandon.
0: Do not do it. Please. No, no, please don't. Yeah, you'll make me sad because I'll be happy in the moment. And then the next morning, I'll just like have a stomachache forever. Because, yeah. I mean, like, candy corn is. It's mostly artificial, I'm sure.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> think <It even laughs> sounds like it grows <laughs> on a tree. Fresh corn? No.
0: Did you miss us, everybody?
1: Yeah. This is the riveting discussion that you tune in for twice monthly. <laughs> this is the spiritual content
0: you come to us for.
1: <laughs> yes. This is it, where we get really deep and spiritual. I always love that people um, will comment about like our check-ins and like how that is their favorite part. People love the check-ins. Yeah, it's so interesting to me. But I will say it's funny now I will find myself like listening to a new podcast just like some it'll get promoted to me and I'll like be like, okay, what's this? And it's funny to hear people be like, but first, let's start by checking in. And I'm like, oh, wow. Not that I think everyone listened to us (laughs) and took it, but I just find that it's an interesting
0: thing
1: that happens. No, I don't think that's the case. I don't think we invented the check-in. No, I don't think we did either. But it's just interesting that that's a part of this whole podcast culture.
0: Yeah, well, it's a way to to pull back the curtain and get a little glimpse into somebody's heart.
1: Yeah. Can you believe we've been doing this for over four years now? Nope.
0: That's wild. Can you believe we've been together for almost 12 years? Uh, Yeah, that I can believe. Oh. I don't know if that's nice or mean. <laughs> I don't I know how to take I took it from that. a good place. I took it from a good place, but then nice <laughs> I can guess it. All right. Well, speaking of check-in, should we check yeah. in? Yeah, 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 Okay. Now, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Because I feel like it's been dicey in the past. Because <laughs> if, if I bring it down and then you're up, or if you're up and then I bring it down. So you you tell me. You tell me how you want this to go.
1: Well, why don't we start with a joint check-in and share our amazing experience from last night. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Last night, y'all, we saw Stevie Nicks in concert, which was just so amazing. Neither of us had seen her live before.
0: It was a revelation. She was incredible. She is 74 years old, and she still has it.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, sounded great, was so much fun, was really just performing the fuck out of every song.
0: And honestly, she did the longest rendition of Gold Dust Woman.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was like 12 minutes long.
0: It was a full-on spell. She cast a full-on spell. Yeah. I lost myself, and then I found myself, and then I lost myself, and then I found (laughs) myself, and then I lost myself, and then I found myself (laughs) again, because that's how long it was.
1: Oh, no, completely. Well, and then she like went right into Landslide, which is, as of last night, decidedly my favorite song of all time. Just of all time? Of all time, of anyone's music, of any songs in the world, Landslide is my favorite song. I mean, it's a great song. It's just so beautiful. And it was like really poignant last night for some, like, I don't know, hearing it. You know, maybe it was like her little intro about like writing it alone in a big mansion in Aspen. Um, It may have been been Kyle Richard's house. (laughs) That was not a 14 million dollar. Didn't she she say it was a 14 million dollar? Yeah, she wrote it in Kyle Richard's home. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) She was doing the conga by herself around and then just got inspired and then a landslide brought her down. Yeah, and you were so sweet to record it for me. I just like thrust my phone at you and was like, please record this because I need it for posterity, but I just need to like sit here and listen. And I did. I just recorded the moment in my mind.
0: Yeah, and then as soon as it was over, you literally turned to me and you said, I will never forget that.
1: <laughs> it was won't. so sweet. I can close my eyes and just be there again. Oh. it was sweet. But other than that, how are you, honey? Oh, I get to,
0: I'm going first. Yeah. How are you is such an attack of a question I find these days. Uh, People are just so casually, how are you, you know? And I'm like, I honestly need so much time and space to even unpack that for myself. But I guess I am managing, living with grief. Things are shifting and transforming some. I went out to the desert for two weeks well it was supposed to be two weeks and then I came home a little early uh because 10 days of solitude was enough I found this really great little teeny cabin out in the Pioneertown Mountains which is um close to Joshua Tree but not exactly Joshua Tree and it was so remote that it didn't even have cell service and the wi-fi was so slow that I couldn't even like Netflix and chill so I was just there alone with a bunch of books and myself and the desert, and it was really intense. It was really hard uh, to be totally without distraction, and I really appreciated that I went and did that, and it got easier after those first couple of days, and I was able to get a little softer, but who, child, it was not easy. And then one night, I had just finished making dinner and eating it, and I was like, maybe I should Just go home early. Like I've already paid for this cabin. So at the end of the day, the money is what it is. So if I'm suffering, go home. So I pulled some cards on it and the cards have never been clearer. Mm -hmm. Like I asked, you know, show me what's my experience if I, you know, stay through the end of my scheduled time. And it was the five of pentacles. And I was like, show me what happens if I go home. And it was the sun. So I was like, I'm going home.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty clear.
0: Yeah, it was very clear. You know, I went out there with the goal to get a little bit more spiritually resourced and to just let some things shift and integrate a little bit. And also just to like not force myself to be a functioning human in the world when I am broken when a piece of me has died i had a really long talk with um the family rabbi uh she is amazing and she has known me for 25 years she was the cantor when i got bar mitzvah and she's an amazing human so we had a really nice we've been she was very close with my mom and so we've been checking in periodically and she said you know when a parent dies she said a lot of profound things but there's two things i want to share she said when a parent dies it is like a piece of you dies too because there is a relationship that you have with a parent that cannot be replicated. And so that, that piece of you with them goes, you know? And I was like, yep, that's what it feels like. feels like a piece of me has died. But she also said, and this is something I thought was really interesting, and I've not really heard it talked about, that when you lose a parent, and maybe you can speak to this too, it's as if like half of your cover is gone. Like, unless your parents are, you know, abusive or narcissistic or, you know, really terrible, even a parent that you don't even feel that close to, per se, they they are a cover of some kind. They are a protective, energetic mechanism in the world. And when they're gone, you just feel exposed in a way that you weren't before. And so I can only imagine if you don't have both of your parents all of your cover is gone, and I just thought that was a really great way of speaking to what I've been feeling. Without my mom, is that I just feel like part of this protective shield is
1: is gone. Do you feel that at all with your dad gone? Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting way to think about it. I mean, particularly in the like time closer, similar to where you are, like you, de- I definitely felt like yeah, that exposed sense. And yeah, it, yeah that's interesting. Yeah, it does almost feel like, like being in a house with a window that you can't close,
0: mm. you know? Yeah, I'm totally, and anything can get in. Like a bat. Right. Or a handful <laughs> of candy corn. Somebody <laughs> threw it in there. But I also know, even though I feel like half of my cover is gone, that in some ways my mom is able to protect me more in spirit than she ever was in form. I had a really amazing divination session with a friend of mine, uh, Kat Hargraves. Um, shout out to Cat because she's super amazing. And if you're interested in like a traditional stick divination session, it's pretty unbelievable. I'd never done that before. And a lot of what came up was pretty amazing. And Kat said she was like, oh, your mom was like a spiritual badass, wasn't she? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I feel that. Like she's very resolved, you know, like she's not ghosty. Like she's um, very excited to be able to like, connect with you in a spiritual way and in the spiritual work that you do that you weren't able to do when she was in form. And that reminded me um, about this like spiritual inheritance that I've been feeling. I took that journey, um, that spirit trip in our last spirit world circle, and I was shown a gateway into my mother's lower world, like part of her own spiritual landscape. And I was told that it now belonged to me because she didn't need it anymore, and that it literally was this, like, spiritual inheritance. One of the things that's really, I have a lot of anger, which is an unusual emotion for me around my mom's passing and around, like, certain people kind of, like, co-opting, like, like co-opting her memory, or there's this one acquaintance of hers who, like, took it on herself to, like, deliver this, like, channeled message to a bunch of my mom's friends, and I was like, you didn't even, like, talk to her for like a year before she passed. And now you're like centering yourself in the narrative. And, but I realized that with this spiritual inheritance, it's something that like nobody can take away from me. And it's something that I feel deeply. And it's this like transmission just between my mom and me. And that's something that actually brings me a lot of comfort, even though I don't entirely know what to do with it. Um, It's like inheriting property, except it's in the invisible world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, well, thanks for all this property. I don't really know what to, like, do I build on it? Like, (laughs) what do I do here? All right, but I want to share one more thing before I I co-opt this entire check-in. Not such a downer this time, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, like, impossibly sad, and I am experiencing, like, a whole rainbow of pain. But I feel like the acute stabby grief is no longer as commonplace, and now I'm left with this kind of like dull bone pain of grief that just kind of is like underneath everything, which is honestly like a lot more challenging to deal with, but it, it you know, I'm trying to treat it like a friend, a cranky friend. Okay, so I'm in the desert, and I went on this really cool hike uh, all the way up to the top of Chapparosa Peak, And as I was coming down just off the peak, there was this beautiful butterfly and butterflies have definitely been, for whatever reason, the symbol my mom is using to connect with me. And I've been seeing so many of them since she passed, but I hadn't seen any since I was out in the desert. And so as soon as I started to come down the peak, there was this beautiful, very big butterfly and the wind was crazy. And yet this butterfly kept flying towards me and then the wind would like blow it away and then we'd come back. And this happened for like... 3 minutes like it was a prolonged encounter and of course i like cried and i cried so much that i like lost myself on the trail and like had to like retrace my steps and like find my way back on the path but i uh i was i was able to take a video of the butterfly and i i really wanted to try to figure out what sort of butterfly it was and i also was like maybe i'll get my first tattoo and it'll be a butterfly and so I was trying to do some research into, like, butterflies of Joshua Tree National Park and surrounding desert areas, and there's a book that was just recently published that's all about the butterflies. So I ordered it, and the one of the collaborators of the book wrote me an email because they couldn't find our address, or they were at the post office, and our address was, like, coming up screwy, as it, it does sometimes. And I confirmed the address, but I was like, since I have your attention would you mind taking a look at this video and can you identify this butterfly? And he wrote back kind of shadily, like, well, based on the like half a wing I can see, like, you know, because the video was kind of crappy. He was like, I think it's a painted lady. And I was like, that's a perfect name for a butterfly that my mom would send to me. And so then I got the book. And without even thinking about it, I just kind of like opened it because like, you know, it's like, it's a book with a lot of pictures. And I was like, oh, I just want to see what this book is that I just ordered. And I opened to the page that was the Painted Lady. I mean, there's only one page in the entire book and I opened Mm -hmm. to it. And then just to like follow this thread one step further, Angel pointed out to me that a good friend of ours had just reposted on Instagram a tattoo artist in Los Angeles. And she goes by the Painted Lady tattoo. And I was just like, okay, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we had an episode about like synchronicities and like following the breadcrumbs. And and this is one of those moments where I'm just like, okay, there are breadcrumbs being thrown my way.
1: Well, and it was funny that you've been talking about wanting to get a tattoo of a butterfly. So right.
0: That, and then here's the painted lady tattoo artist.
1: Yeah, it all felt like a little bit. I know. Swirly.
0: So maybe I'm supposed to go get a tattoo from that tattoo lady.
1: Maybe. Well, we're seeing said friend tomorrow. So that is true. We'll have to talk about ask. it. I know. Yeah.
0: What I am going to do is I'm going to order some temporary butterfly tattoos and I'm going to put them in the spot where I think I would want it and I'm just going to like see how it feels. Yeah, that's smart. Because I know that with tattoos, it's probably going to be like me with candy corn. And once I get one, I'm just going to want to get a bunch of them. Yep. So I need to be careful. You do. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for your sweet notes. If you get our newsletter, you know that I've been sharing very vulnerable things in the newsletter and a lot of you have reached out. And I just really love that we don't just talk about this being a community, but it actually fucking is one. And that mm-hmm. is amazing. Okay. How are you, honey? Tell me, tell me stories from your life.
1: Um, Well, I'm a shit show. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I was yesterday. As I said to you, I was having, like, I had one of those just, like, lay on a rug and have a heaving sob cry oh, moment. What, what rug did you cry on? My new one. Oh, in the office? It is the perfect cry curl rug. up and cry rug. <laughs> if anyone's looking for one, hit me up. I can send it. It's the perfect size. It's just a nice little round. <laughs> it was great <laughs> you're killing me right now I'm gonna write a review actually a curl up and cry rug send a review to rugs.com <laughs> if you need a
0: rug to just absolutely be bereaved on
1: yeah <laughs> this is the rug for girl, you girl this is the one for you just, super absorbent <laughs> yes just throw on Maren Morris's humble quest and have yourself a good cry oh my gosh you are
0: so cancer moon you like orchestrate your your emotional breakdowns don't you
1: Yeah. Well, I'd been listening. I forgot what podcast. I I was listening to an interview with somebody and they were talking about how like they were all asking each other about the songs they put on to like get themselves through like an emotional moment. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have that playlist. (laughs) I don't have
0: a playlist like that.
1: But you're not really, like, a put-on-music-to-move-through-emotions like move through emotions person unless you're, like, doing something purposeful, like a breath work or something, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Emotions
0: just show up, and then I'm just like, oh, no, okay, well, I yeah. guess this is what I'm doing for the next. I, I
1: like a playlist for everything. I know you do. Um, but anyhow, yeah, I was just kind of in a space, you know? I think I just on one level feeling, like, isolated still in my work. Um And I think just like really feeling the effects over these last like year and a half uh, we were were talking as we were setting up about the podcast, just like um, for my astrology folks out there, like recognizing that I have had Pluto, um, transiting Pluto, opposing my natal moon, um, which because of its retrograde action, it just continues to do and will continue to do off and on through the next like year and some change. And that's just, like, a really profound thing. You know, Pluto's all about, like, deep soul transformation, like, depth of emotion. Um, destruction power. Yeah, destruction power. But, like, really just, like, all in service of your soul's growth. So to have that then opposing my sensitive self-absorbed cancer moon (laughs) it just allows me to just be like why is everyone against me you know and obviously like i always say oppositions are invitations to you know expansion so it's really about me like expanding into like the depth of my emotion and my moon is in my third house so it's really like challenging me i think to like all right we just need to be having these deep conversations you need to be integrating all of these deep emotions into your writing work um which i think i've just been like on some level also avoiding cuz i'm just like i don't want to like deal with the like immensity of of that writing process and i've just been also in the thick of writing and i had this big tv project that i've been working on for like 2 years now and it basically just like fell apart and that was like a big like shake up for me of like oh and it was out of my control um which I also think was another thing of like feeling very out of control right now. Like I'm just kind of like trying I, trying to like be in control of what I can. But obviously recognizing that like we're ultimately not in control of anything, you know, from a bigger perspective. Um, so just trying to like now like shift myself into just like being super present for everything as it wants to show up. But in order to do that I have felt like oh I really need to like kind of clear things out you know like I need to be I need to clear out the gunk and the stuff the leftovers so that I can like you know it's like the fridge right it's like oh I have to like clean the fridge but like I got to get rid of all the shit that's in there that I don't need you know um, in order to actually like do the work and also see what I really have you know then you realize like oh all I have is like you know, these couple like spin drifts and like some mustard. Like, I really need to go shopping. You know, like I don't have anything. <laughs> and olives. We always have olives. Yeah, and olives. Yeah, but otherwise, I'm not really well resourced here. So, you know, <laughs> it's just the facade of it. But all this shit's hit its expiration date. And can you tell Angel just went grocery shopping? I did just everybody. go grocery shopping. So, but then I went to put stuff away, and I was like, oh, this fridge really needs to be cleaned out because it's just full of things that no no one's eating but that's life sometimes right it's like your life just gets full of stuff that's like not nourishing you so I am like trying to like clear it out and I'm also trying to be really present like to just like relationships like I find that I like judge certain relationships more harshly than others you know like I'm like why is this person not showing up for me meanwhile there's like five other people who I could also equate to the same thing but I would never like but I'm like, oh, well, they're really busy, so it's fine. <laughs> and I love them, and they love me. But this person really should be doing this, you know? And I'm like, okay, what's that about, bitch? So, you know, I'm just, like, trying to really get, like, clear and space myself out. And I, I feel I, – I said to you last night how I kind of feel, like, on the surface, like, I'm a fucking mess, you know? Like, I'm really, like, just trying to, like, figure things out. But I do feel, like, on a deeper level, like – everything's organizing and it's particularly around our upcoming retreat Mm -hmm. which we're doing at the end of the month and hey massachusetts hey massachusetts we're coming for you massachusetts yeah so it's like interesting because i feel like oh i'm also kind of just like internally organizing myself around the need to you know to have that ability to hold space for others um and I'm I'm super excited about that. So I'm kind of feeling like, oh right, like I need to get really like present and clear around where I'm at in my healing space and my healing process. Um, so that I can like hold that space for others. Um and and so I, I feel like deep down, like my soul, and maybe that's that Pluto influence, is doing this real organization of like, honey, you're f- you're a lot more in, you know, in depth of healing and in holding space for yourself than you maybe realize you are. You know, mm. like the mind hasn't caught up yet with like where the soul's at. Mm, totally. And so I need to like calm it down. So now that Mercury's direct, I'm feeling a little more like okay. Like, I can get this, I can see where this is at, and I can see where I've been letting my mind run away with me, whereas the rest of me is, like, just sitting a little more peacefully.
0: Yeah, well, I would say it's, like, an observer of you. I see, like, an incredible amount of growth in terms of how you've been handling all of this stuff. Oh, thank you. Like, you are a little bit of a hot mess, but you're not totally coming undone. Right. And I think some of these things, like, even two years ago would have just like completely annihilated you. And instead you're just kind of like taking the hit and like feeling what you're feeling, but continuing to move forwards. Like it hasn't stopped you. And that's really something to be proud of.
1: Thank you. Yes. And that's growth. Well, and I think that's also what mm-hmm. we want to be able to like help inspire in others. Right. So it's like, we have to like be that within ourselves. So truth. I think even, you know, you said two years ago, I think for the last two years, we've been like deepening our work with this community, with everyone here, you know, holding space for so many people. And like, I think that has like pushed me to like level up in a larger way um, to really like walk my talk of what I'm inspiring others to do. Totally. I've been feeling the exact same way, honestly. And I guess that's why, you know, just a full circle of why people do love our check-ins because we're not here being all like, Hi, we're floating and levitating all day long and everything is like great. And can't you wait to come be up here with us? We're like, girl, we're ro- rolling around on rugs crying just like you. <laughs> I mean, and if you're Maybe? not, if Maybe you're, you're not. Actually. If you're not
0: crying on a rug, honey, you ain't living.
1: Yeah. And again, reach out to me because a shag rug, a poofy shag rug is great for it.
0: But that rug is really not that big. So I'm literally visualizing you like curled up in a little ball on that rug.
1: All right. Well, next time I have one, I'll, I'll show you. you just can, leave the door I can, re- open. I can do a reenactment. I would love that. Um, But you know what I mean? I think we're... <laughs> I want to take a photo and post it to the Instagram. All right. Great. But, you know, just trying to be relatable to the people here and, you know, share that, like, yeah, we are, like, in the thick of it with you. And I do think that is what people respond to, that we're not, like, you know, presenting like we're better than anyone else in the, in our process.
0: No, authenticity. That's our brand. The good, yeah. the bad, the ugly, and the jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably move into the rest of the episode. We're going to do a Tarot Deep Dive Volume 4 uh, because the tarot has been calling out mm-hmm. and, uh, we're going to dive into a couple of cards that people really have challenges understanding and working with. So, um, that will be happening. Uh, I also think we should just mention the retreat in yeah. full cause this is probably the last episode before we dive into it. There might be one Maybe. more, but then yeah, it's too yeah, late to be sign up. One. So if you live close to Massachusetts, you should come to our Cosmic Healing Retreat.
1: Yeah, it's at Kripalu, which is
0: on 100 acres. It's like a really prestigious retreat center with amazing food and beautiful lodging. And it's going to be gorgeous at the end of October. And the leaves will have changed. And it's just like a full, witchy fall Scorpio eclipse season moment.
1: Yeah. And it does, you know, it does end on Halloween. It goes till Monday on Halloween. So. You know, you'd be spending your Halloween weekend with us. I mean But I think it's gonna be really uh, it's a really fun way to do it. Which and, is assemble. Yeah, you're welcome to dress up for any of the <laughs> <you laughs> to if you'd like to. But we're also done early on actual Halloween day. So if you know you have kids. You and can, get, like, home yeah, to you your can children get home. Yeah, you can get home and you can hang take out with or your treating. kids and do trick or treating and do that whole thing. Um, you know, or you're like, Oh, this is my weekend to get away from all of that for once, you know, or you know, maybe I don't want to go just to like the bars all Halloween weekend long. I want to go and like get spiritual and yeah, and go within and hang out with some interesting, cool people.
0: Yeah. We're really excited about the community that's gathering for the retreat. Mm-hmm. It's going to be three astrology workshops. Um, we're going to do some ancestral work because we will be very close to Halloween, which is one of those cross-quarter days when the veil is uh, said to be thin, which is true. We've done some... Ancestor Halloween rituals. Remember the one we did a couple of years ago when that candle stayed lit forever. Uh, yeah. yeah. That was wild. <laughs> um, and of course we'll be doing breath work and uh, kind of all of the things that we teach. We're, we're baking a retreat cake that has all of those ingredients and it's going to be delicious. So
1: yeah. And the Mars retrograde is going to kick off right at the tail of it. So we really want to get people prepared too for that Mars retrograde for those months ahead. Um, so we'll, you know, be doing specific looks at everyone's chart and how they can specifically, um, work with that Mars retrograde energy. So yeah, we're going to be really getting into it. So come and join us. You can go to Kripalu, dot org. Yep. And if you just uh, even just search the spiritual gaze there, yeah. But you can also just go to our
0: website, thespiritualgaze.com, and there's a whole tab for the fall retreat, and it has a very thorough thorough breakdown breakdown of all the things that we're going to be offering. And we would love to see you there. So come on, Massachusetts, if you've been waiting for a sign to join us.
1: New York, Jersey, yeah, Connecticut,
0: Rhode Island. (laughs) I am so sorry, y'all. I do not understand the geography (laughs) of like the Northeast. I do. I don't get it at all.
1: I know. D.C. Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> I know Idaho's
0: not anywhere. No, it's no. that's like almost Pacific Northwest, <laughs> I think.
1: Or just come across the country. Yeah, just get
0: on a plane. London. Yes, London.
1: Come on, London. Come on, London. Where are you at? Yeah. This is as close as we can get to you right now. Uruguay. Uruguay. Where are you at? Uruguay, come on. <laughs> um, but anyhow, all right. Well, I think we should, before we get into our deep dive, do a little bit of a...
0: Cosmic
1: update!
0: So take us into the heavens, honey. What's happening up there?
1: What is happening up there? Well, we just found ourselves um, back in a Mercury Direct
0: mode. Been released from the Mercury Retrograde.
1: Yes, but not entirely because we are still in the shadow.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: Isn't it funny how like Mercury retrograde like just like how steeped in certain parts of culture it is now and like how it was just like this thing that was talked about for 3 weeks and now it's become like oh no, now now everyone knows about the shadow. It's just interesting to me. Do they? I mean, I don't know. I guess that's maybe just my Twitter. I,
0: yeah, you have a very specific Twitter. I was bringing up Mercury retrograde more this Mercury retrograde to people who I don't necessarily think are astrology people. Uh And it was just interesting watching how they would respond to it. Like I was just making suggestions to certain people who were like bringing up like signing contracts or like buying like electronic goods. And I would just be like, you really probably should just like wait a couple of days until Mercury mm-hmm. goes direct. And they would be like, oh,
1: okay. And I was just like, <laughs> all right. Go go on then. I ain't, I ain't here to change your mind. Yeah, I don't know then. But all I can say is that Mercury is direct and I do feel like this Mercury retrograde was a very potent one. I feel like uh, specifically technologically, I found a lot of like email, computer, phone, challenges, website, internet, all that kind of stuff. Totally. Was challenged.
0: When I tried to send out a MailChimp newsletter and a little pop-up popped up that said, a deep internal error has occurred. (laughs) And I was like, a deep internal error? So Mercury retrograde.
1: Yeah, that is. So it has ended, but we are in the shadow phase of it, just essentially where we're kind of... Rewalking the steps of you know of uh, where we were when it went retrograde um until october 16th so just know that things that kind of started like really like it was like back in september even right like when we entered that shadow probably
0: yeah so you're reattempting cleaning things up tying up loose ends Finally putting the period at the end of the sentence.
1: Yeah. And honestly, just looking at my ephemeris while we're talking, it was really like the last week of August was when we entered this whole Mercury retrograde window. Girl, let me tell you. So just to think, like, you know, Mercury retrograde only lasts like three weeks, and the whole window of it is from like August to October. Yeah. So just know that Mars, the Mars retrograde is twice that. So, just to lend that sense of excitement for you all. But, you know, we've had a bunch of retrograde planets right now. And at least some of the other ones are going to start to shift soon. You know, we've had just... I mean, it's it's an outer planet. But, like, the Pluto retrograde has been occurring. And Pluto's going to shift direct on October 8th. Saturn's going to shift direct on October 22nd. So, at least we'll get a few more direct planet energies um, before the Mars retrograde happens at the very end of the month. And, you know, look, some of these larger, bigger planet retrogrades, you know, they last a long time, so they're not entirely affecting. But if they are affecting you directly in some way, like I was talking about the whole Pluto thing earlier for me personally, like, you know, they can affect you personally depending on where they're at uh, degree-wise and, you know, in your chart. So important to pay attention because ultimately it is all just about like time and cycles right
0: yeah well especially those larger planets like when they station retrograde or direct they're sitting at one degree for a really long time and if you happen to have a planet at that one degree then it's a really important transit for
1: you yeah so if you have anything in and around 26 Capricorn for example uh, then you are feeling this Uh, the heft of Pluto stationing to go direct a bit more because it is just, like, settling at that place for a while. But, you know, it's really been flirting with the last five degrees of Capricorn and is going to welcome, like, the first couple degrees of Aquarius into that mix over the next year and a half. So um, anyone with stuff in that area will definitely start to feel the intensity, the transformative wave of Pluto um but beyond that we do get uh you know Mercury re-entering Libra on October 10th so that will be nice I'd say you know um though Mercury is at home in Virgo I feel like unless you're using it well it can feel a little scattered so I do find that when Mercury enters Libra it does give a little bit more focus to things you know it's like okay it's this way or that way as opposed to when it's in virgo which is like there's this there's this there's that there's that there's this you know and if you don't know how to bring order to it if Virgo's not your love language then you're a little like oh my god what am i doing it's everywhere i speak from experience um but when it shifts into libra it's a little more like cut and dry right uh and then we'll actually uh you know uh, well, we'll have some other shifts, but not till like later on. We'll probably talk, but toward the end of the, the month, you know, we'll see Venus and the sun shift into Scorpio. They're actually going to Kazimi right when they shift together. Yeah.
0: I actually noticed it was interesting that Libra season begins and ends with Kazimis. Mm, so Libra mm-hmm. season started with Mercury and the sun Kazimi, And we should just Kazimi is when the sun and a planet are like conjunct to the minute. So um, like when a planet is Kazemi, you can think of it as like being brought into the heart of the sun. It's like raised up and held and protected and empowered. So it's like a really beautiful aspect. And so Libra season started with that, with with Mercury, Kazemi, the sun, and then uh, ends with Venus, Kazemi, the sun.
1: Yeah, so I do think that is really interesting, right? Like what a a powerful entrance into Scorpio season. Well, and not just any Scorpio season
0: go on well it's a scorpio eclipse season oh so it's scorpio season on steroids
1: so how does that how does that
0: resonate for you scorpio season eclipse season (laughs) yeah i mean it's i mean it's like it's like a wig on a wig you know like it's intensity plus intensity i think it's going to move really fast Mm -hmm. and it might feel like things are speeding up in a way it also might feel like things are kind of out of control um, and so I, I feel like just like take like, you know, Jesus take the wheel, just like hands off, you know?
1: Well, that's a little interesting combined with the Mars retrograde, right? which is typically like a slow down, but it's not really a slow down cause stuff's still happening. It, it just is. isn't happening in a coherent way at all times. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, here's my two cents, my two astrology sense is you basically have October, To plant the seeds to launch things and if you haven't done it by the end of october you might as well just wait until the middle of march which isn't to say that like it's going to be six months where nothing's happening it's just that things are only going to be happening if you've already launched it and those things might also find that there are revisions there are surprises or upheavals you know eclipse season is notorious for just like suddenly taking things away and also suddenly bringing things to you as well yeah um but if you've been like hemming and hawing and thinking about starting something and it's important to you that it you know that it start to progress i would commit to it before the end of the
1: month yeah for sure like yeah i'm I want to start that book. Maybe I'll start it over the holidays. It's like, actually, no, start it now because you're going to, you'll be working on it over the holidays anyway. But like, yeah, start it now. Just get a word on the page, you know, so that it at least is, you know, like you said, like the seed of it is there.
0: People love Scorpio season. And I also love Scorpio season. I love Scorpio season. Because it is super witchy and juicy and, um, I was laughing on Twitter. Somebody was like going on a whole rant about how like loving October is not a personality trait. (laughs) Because like people love October, you know, everyone's like, oh, October, it's such a great month. And October is a great month. But I think it's really about Scorpio season. For sure. Like we just love that the darkness gets to shine bright. Yeah, I agree. And so I think eclipse season will just heighten all of those things. But also maybe take us a little deeper. And for some of you, you might be like, oh, but it's already so deep in Scorpio season, but you know, the depths have depths and it also might just like re organize how we approach Scorpio themes too, like yeah. the way you approach sex and death and taxes and transformation and power and all of those things. Eclipse season is going to, is going to transform your relationship with transformation.
1: Yeah. It's going to help you get to know yourself better, I think. And it's going to push you to release the elements at play in your life that keep you from knowing yourself better. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves, frankly. Yes, of course. Because before we even get there, we really should talk about the full moon in Aries. Mm-hmm. The full moon in Aries, which happens on October 9th, so not too far after this podcast comes out. And I I think it's
0: important to mention that, you know, the nodes of fate are pretty soon actually going to shift into Aries and Libra. And so this full moon in Aries is kind of our last big Aries moon before we get eclipses. Because when we get into Aries season next year, we're dealing with eclipses. Right. So this full moon in Aries is actually a really great time to like launch things to get maximum exposure um the aries full moon makes really great aspects to both of the challenging planets you know like saturn and mars can fuck shit up if you're not like in right relationship with them and the sun and the moon are sextiling and trining them respectively
1: oh i get. i'll have my nodal opposition then because my nodes are in aries libra oh hey but my north node is in libra yeah yeah. whereas the north node will be in aries right
0: you'll have them swapped yeah. Yeah, cuz it's going to be north node Aries,
1: south node Libra. That should be interesting. Sure will be. <laughs> A confrontation um an expansion if you will.
0: But getting back to this full moon in Aries, I think it's also about like working with what causes us pain because the full moon is in relationship to Chiron as well. So whatever you know like it, it's a full moon that may hurt a little bit like or you might just be very sensitive or you might um become aware of other people's sensitivities but because of those trines and sextiles to mars and saturn it really feels like it's a way to expose your vulnerabilities in a way that actually is like really helpful in terms of seeing patterns and maybe even like garnering you some like recognition
1: one i think Important to mention too that Venus is also involved. So what you were saying about like the sensitivities with other people, I think, will be really at play, especially like how your own internal wounds sensitivities bump up against other people, and maybe opportunities to heal those elements. You know, in relationship, yeah, you're maybe playing out your old
0: wounds in new ways. Totally, because it's what Sun Venus oppose Moon Chiron,
1: and then yeah, you have all the other planets at play too which are very much about like forward movement change you know or evolution in some way um so i think that is all really valuable and important so a really good full moon to uh do some personal work under
0: all right everybody so let's head into this episode's Deep Dive. So we're coming back to the tarot, our old friend.
1: Come back to me, come back to me, tarot
0: not that some of us ever really leave the tarot
1: i can't escape the tarot (laughs) (laughs) i wish i knew how to quit you tarot
0: did you mean that like a pun like i can't escape like the terror but the tarot oh no you didn't that's what i interpreted and i was like that's (laughs) a very funny pun I love a pun. <sighs> if you know me, you know I love a pun. So, I'm unknowingly witty. That's why I like the the great Halloween baking championship or whatever that we oh, watch because yeah. uh-huh. it's just full of puns and I just love it.
1: Yes, and you get to ogle John Henson. Oh, I
0: do love John Henson so much. My good. I've decided that John Henson is my Hollywood freebie. Okay. Which is like so random, but that's who I am. <laughs> Somebody who is so <laughs> random. <laughs> all right so we want to Bloom, do jeff Goldblum, john, john henson
1: and angel lopez
0: all classy handsome smart
1: funny humans yes quirky true indeed mine's maluma oh well have had it <laughs> never gonna happen all right so we want to we want to touch the tarot
0: again i've been um diving back into my tarot musical and really steeping myself in the major arcana
1: are you gonna perform something for us right now nope like a little snippet nope oh my god i can't wait
0: maybe i will maybe i will oh right now no not right now
1: oh, okay <laughs> I was like, oh this took a turn
0: but as we talk about these cards maybe i'll maybe i'll share a little bit gorgeous who can say let's go so the cards we want to cover today are the chariot temperance and the world and
1: why those three specifically brandon
0: well first and foremost these three cards i think people are challenged by i'm challenged by them i am too they are cards that are kind of so vast that it's difficult to pin them down and so we thought we might just kind of talk to them a little bit but they also operate as a set so they're really useful to talk about in sequence because they do reference each other And so let's just like organize ourselves in our mind's eye around the major arcana landscape, right? So the major arcana are those 22 cards, the fool, and then all the 21 cards that the fool encounters. And so 21 divides up really nicely um, into three rows of seven. And seven is, of course, this like spiritual organizing principle, mostly because they're were the seven visible planets to the human eye. So that's where we get the seven days of the week and the seven notes of the musical scale and the seven, seven chakras. Dwarves. Seven dwarves of seven continents, all these sorts of things.
1: Seven brides for seven brothers.
0: Thank you, honey, exactly, based on the planets. So go on. You got another one? <laughs> no. Yeah, I think you do. I don't. Are you sure?
1: Yeah. I don't.
0: Okay. So... We divide the major arcana into three rows of seven, and at the end of each line are one of these three cards. So they are, in some ways, periods, or you might think of the chariot and temperance as commas, and then the world is a period at the end of the long sentence that is the major arcana. So all three of these cards are dealing with a a type of completion. Now, the completion isn't total in the case of the chariot, And temperance because there's still more that uh, follows and even in the case of the world maybe it isn't a total completion because we know we just start the journey all over again but I thought we would talk about them uh, as they appear so the chariot first and foremost is our first completion of the tarot and it does tend to signify victory or the successful use of one's will So when we teach the tarot, we talk about how the magician has a dream or the magician sets a goal. The magician, you know, waves their wand and casts a spell. But sometimes spells take a while to, like, work, you know? And the chariot is when that dream, that goal, that spell comes to fruition. So the chariot is a card that kind of shows our ability to use our ego, you know, to say, I want this, and to go out there and to get it. The chariot comes after the lovers, which is about duality. And so what the chariot kind of does is masters that duality. It um, harnesses everything that's come before it. So if you even try to visualize the card, it's a charioteer in like Roman times. And in front of the charioteer is a black and a white sphinx representing the duality, representing the magician and the high priestess, the the seen and the unseen, the hot and the cold, what have you. And so the chariot represents our ability to move ourselves forwards; hence the chariot. And the chariot is this parade that's happening Um, It was, you know, what they would do in ancient Rome to celebrate a, you know, war hero. But we have parades too, right? It's how we celebrate things that we love. I mean, mostly now parades are celebrating fucking corporations. But that's what, you know, we're told is important. But I digress. So when we're working with the chariot, we're working with our own will. We're working with moving forwards, right? But what we're also working with is the unseen will. And the unseen will, I think, is the will of the divine. And this is where I think most people get hung up on the chariot because it is connected traditionally to cancer in the zodiac. And people are like, well, how is cancer and then like victory or will connected? Yeah, And I really think it's about your will being aligned with the will of the universe Mm. for you. Mm -hmm. It references the world. Which is this sense of completion, this sense of like unlimited multiplicity, meaning that we're not one thing or another, we're all things. And so when we bring our soul in connection to the universal soul, when we actually go after the things that matter, not just to our ego, but to the deeper parts of ourself, we find ourselves in flow. And that's, I think, where the chariot connects to cancer is it's not just enough to have a wish or a goal or a dream. You have to have the emotional component. You have to really care about it because if you don't really care about it,
1: you're not connected to the universe in you. Yeah, well, it's like another expression of the lovers being like a choice, right? Like choices, making a choice. And then the chariot is where you have then like take that decision and move forward with it right so there is really that like um, you know emotional conviction that comes with like alright I made a choice in the lovers and now I'm going to like put my heart and soul into it and charge forth from that place I also feel like there's also like a bit of a like coming home to oneself in a, in a new way that comes with the chariot you know yeah I think
0: the chariot is a coming home but again it is an incomplete coming home because really it's more external like yeah the first line of the tarot is all about how we are in the world and so the chariot is your ability like it's a parade right so yes you are coming home to yourself but it's the self that's in front of people
1: yeah exactly
0: that's how you present yourself yeah and so it's the shell well it's the mask Mm -hmm.
1: but just from the cancer perspective oh right yeah exactly
0: well said yeah so, it's also about like the vehicle, a chariot for your
1: soul's purpose. You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to put it in? You know, like we put it in a podcast, which is essentially like another expression of the cancer sign, right? That like the shell is the body for the sensitive soul underneath it. Right.
0: Yeah. Which brings us to temperance because temperance is the inner self that wears the mask.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so there is this kind of struggle sometimes to leave the chariot because it feels so good. But also, success can sometimes leave you feeling hollow. And you go, oh, I thought that I would be happy once I had this Academy Award or this fancy designer handbag or a man, you know, but I'm still feeling a little hollow. And so that takes us into the second line of the tarot. And the second line of the tarot is deeply internal. It's a deconstruction. It's questioning and exploring what is actually happening in your inner landscape. And then we arrive
1: at Temperance. I do just want to throw in for the chariot though like I always found in my experience when I was tarot reading professionally like when it would show up in regards to like a move, like it was always on point. Like yeah. I know that's like a very gen general slightly generic expression of it but shit does work yeah
0: it's like very like a neon sign tarot readery but it actually is true because moving does combine your will the will of the universe and the cancer archetype because it is about home yeah
1: but continue so temperance then
0: let the river move you where you're going Let the river move you where you will. Let the river wrap around your heart like a lariat. Let this river be as your chariot. And if you still have fear, I will bury it deep, deep down. The river is your home. That's a little bit of the chariot. Hey. All right, so temperance is where we start to have an experience of who is wearing the mask. What is underneath this persona that we've created to gracefully exist in the world of things, right? And it comes right after death. So death dismantles us. Death almost like um it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier about like taking all the stuff out of the fridge so that you can clean the fridge and you're Uh like i don't use this and i don't use you know like death really is in some ways like a great cleansing so that we then can meet ourselves for the first time and so if we think of the chariot as victory in the outer world you know victory over the ego right or or right use of the ego then temperance is victory in the inner world right And it's our ability to meet ourselves as we are. And again, to visualize the card really helps us understand it's this angel. And most people actually think it is um, me. No, it's not you, sweet angel. It's um, the angel Michael. Right. And um, in Hebrew, Mikael means who is like God. So, you know, there's this sense that in temperance, we meet our own inner divine, that stripped away, pure spark. Of cosmic consciousness and that also gives way to a revelation to a feeling of being connected but also the discernment and I really like to use the word discernment to understand temperance like if we ever do a spiritual gaze tarot deck we'll probably rename temperance as discernment because at this point you're two-thirds of the way through the journey of the major arcana and you can discern what is the ego and what is the soul what is the mask and what is the real face What is true and what has been put upon me. And so temperance is about this, it's about this blending. It's the ability, you could also think of it as grace, because what the angel is doing in the card, it's got one foot in the water and one foot on land, and it's also pouring water in a way that water cannot be poured, like at like a very hard angle. And if you've ever (laughs) I mean, try it.
1: (laughs) If you've ever tried to pour water like that at an
0: angle, you can't do it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you just can't do it. Watch me. Gravity, right? So we're, we have to surrender to, to certain laws. And so temperance really takes us into a space where we can do something impossible, but in a way that's actually quite graceful. Right. And I think when temperance shows up, it's saying like, you are actually able to do this. You are able to move through this. And that's kind of how I'm thinking about it because I am in a temperance year right now and this is hands down the hardest year of my life, and I feel like I'm being told through the card, you can do this. Yeah. You can meet yourself in a way that you've never met yourself before and move through these things that seem impossible.
1: Well, it's al- alchemical, right? Like yeah. the workings of temperance. So it's really like taking the you you've been, you know, and blending it with, you know, into the moment that is meeting you now. And how do you really, like, gracefully blend those two, you know, as opposed to letting them collide or spill everywhere. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking if the chariot is the body, then temperance is really, like, the heart and the head, you know, when you get to those two the mental body and the emotional body, you know, like when you're learning how to like discern what is my heart and what is my head talking, you know, well, and yeah. how to really meld and blend and work with those two.
0: Well, and that's great because temperance is connected to Sagittarius, and we always think of Sagittarius as like the air sign of the fire signs. Right. And so that gives us the head and the heart and i also think you know sagittarius contains the galactic center which is the black hole at the center of the milky way galaxy ps i saw the milky way galaxy when i was out in the desert like i just went out one night and i looked oh. up and i like could see the that like arm of the milky way that you can sometimes see when you're in like a really dark place and it was just like mm-hmm. unbelievable beautiful but you know the galactic center is in astrology, we think about it as like being able to get the goddess on the phone at any time. Like it's a, it's a direct line to the source of all things in a sense. And I I feel like temperance is when you are able to notice the universe within yourself. Whereas the world is when you notice yourself in the universe. Yes, yeah. It's like, it's like anything. When you experience it for yourself personally, you're then able to take it out into the world so once you can experience compassion for yourself you can
1: experience compassion for others right and so temperance takes us into those things which is also very sagittarian right like going out into the world and having the experience you know like actually the experiential adventure journey of something and then bringing it back it's like traveling right and the sagittarius like goes and travels and then comes back with its Stories and its gifts of its travels.
0: And in some ways, temperance is like the end of a particular part of the journey because that line is all about this weird, strange inner journey that we've taken and that's over. Because after temperance comes the devil, where we're forced to confront the world again with everything that we've learned about ourselves.
1: Yeah, it's like, and in a way, that's why the world becomes almost like a scarier more challenging place in the devil because we're now like taking all we've gained around about our heart and our head. You have more to lose Met with more of a deep carnality of yeah. the real world. Yeah. You have
0: more to lose. Yeah. And you're also, I think more vulnerable at that point.
1: Mm hmm. Well, cause you've come home to yourself in the body in the chariot, you've come home to yourself in the um, heart and the head with temperance and you are starting the journey of coming home to yourself in the soul, which is the world. And so the world.
0: So the world is also, I would say, like, if I had to rank the cards that are most challenging, well, I mean, temperance in the world are kind of neck and neck. Because, like, at least when temperance shows up in a spread, I know what it's telling me to do. When the world shows up in a spread, sometimes I still am like, what, but what? but
1: what what am I supposed to do about you? you You're supposed to just breathe. Just breathe into the world. Just breathe. I just wanted a reason to sing Faith Hill's Breathe.
0: Oh, okay. You gonna give us a little more? No. Oh, is that? Okay, fine. (laughs) All right, so the world is the very last card. It's the very last card, and it's connected to Saturn because Saturn was the very last planet that the ancients could see with the naked eye, right? So that's where it's connected. And the world really contains everything. It really isn't just about, like, the planet. It could be called like the universe or the galaxy
1: yeah and the deck i love it's called the universe yeah
0: yeah it's it's the cosmos it's the multiverse and the visual is the dancer the world dancer which is truly a hermaphroditic figure um you know the the genitals are covered by this sash but there is a lot of kind of implication that this is neither a male nor a woman this is both and actually i learned that the etymology of hermaphrodite is hermes and aphrodite Mm. which is also the head mercury and the heart venus right and it's combined in one being and so the world dancer is actually in a figure four not unlike the hanged one. So they reference each other as well. And the hanged one is 12 and the world is 21. And so it's actually like if you flip 12, you get 21. And so it's the hanged one, but right side up. Yeah, on their feet. And the shape that the body is in references the tree of life which are those 10 Cephi wrote that take us from this world of the carnal and the literal and the physical all the way to Keter, which is the crown, which is which is the galactic center, which is the cosmos. And so the world is this bridge that connects us. And so in a reading, we, we talk about it as like a grand completion, some sort of cycling back around, whether it's a birthday or a graduation or any sort of significant coming home again.
1: Yeah. The end of the road. But it's
0: also a blending in the same way that the chariot blended the duality of masculine and feminine and hot and cold and will and surrender and your desire and the universe's desire to achieve in the same way that temperance blends the inner and the outer, what is dead and what is being reborn, how to combine all the various aspects of yourself. The world combines everything that you've experienced Mm -hmm. and shows you that everything is a mirror. The world kind of defies everything that's come before it as well to say there is no separation. The things you were trying to mitigate between were actually all the same thing. And in this state of enlightenment, essentially, you realize that the obstacle and the free
1: pass were all part of the same right invitation when it comes after judgment which is a space where we are i feel on some level like being confronted with taking stock of everything right
0: yeah we come to judgment and we realize that we are irreparably changed yeah you know and we were talking about this with a with a client in a reading and they were afraid that they were going to go backwards in their life. Yeah. And Angel and I kind of reassured them, like, there's no such thing as going backwards in terms of spiritual and personal development. Like, once you see, you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. So even if you are, like, choosing to cover your eyes, you still know that you're choosing to cover your eyes, which is very different than when you don't know that your eyes are shut. Yeah. So I think judgment shows us, okay, you're reparably changed whether you like it or not. And then the world is how we integrate that change into how we're going to live our lives for the next
1: chapter. Right. So it's not entirely a completion as it is just like a portal to a new world, to a new version of you in the world given everything you've just encountered and all of the integration that you've done around the specific experience that you've had and what it's done for you, body, mind.
0: Yeah. I would say it's like, it's not a completion or it's not an ending in the same way that you could say to a person, like, we're not going to say goodbye. We're just going to say until we see each other again. Right. Like that's the world. Like th- there is a separation. There is a parting that's going to happen. You are going to finish the book at some point, but that yeah. won't end your journey with reading with story.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: You know, you are going to celebrate a birthday, but God is willing. You'll probably celebrate many more.
1: Yeah. It's like you graduate, but then you have but a party in and the you world. go to bed and yeah. you wake up the next morning. And you and you're still like, brush oh, your teeth. And yeah, and you, I'm in the world. Okay. Now I'm, in lo- now I'm in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't have that thing, but I have everything I've learned and experienced, and what yeah uh to take with me into my new day.
0: I do think sometimes because i I'm gonna answer my own question here, where I don't entirely know what to do when the world shows up, but I do actually know what to do, which is that when the world shows up, it's saying like, You gotta finish this, yeah. Like You got to bring this to a close, even if it's imperfect, even if it's messy, even if it feels arbitrary, like what's showing up for you right now like needs some form of completion so that you can move on to the next adventure.
1: Yeah, and that can be in regards to a job or a relationship or what have you, but it could be in regards to just if your question is around just like a personal feeling, you know, or just like a, a way of being, you know, it really comes down to like, yeah, you actually just have to like stop sitting on the insecurity train, you know? Like we've we've done it. Yeah. Now you're just taking up space, and you know this already. So move on. Is there going to be a big the world number? Is that the finale number? It is. Yes, it is. What's it called?
0: When the world changed. Mm. But I'm not going to
1: sing it. That's fine. But even just that title right there, like gives you a really great essence of it, you know? On some level it's when you recognize that your world has changed or that you've changed
0: your Oh, well see, but that's it. it. Because the intemperance, you notice the world in yourself and that changes you. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the world, you notice yourself in the world and how that has changed. Right. But what changed first was you. Mm-hmm you change and then everything else changes it's even like if you have really challenging relationships with certain people like family members hypothetically you might start to notice that like there's this this script that you all follow you know like you always end up pushing each other's buttons in the same way but if you just changed how you responded, if you just changed your tactic, even without telling anyone what you're doing, you might find that all of the sudden that relationship dynamic changes too. And that's really, you know, the only thing we have power over to change is, is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's hard and it's hard work, which I also think is why Saturn is the world because it's, it's hard work. It's taking responsibility. Um, And you've got the, the four fixed signs of the Zodiac are referenced in that card too. You've got Aquarius and Scorpio in the upper corners and Taurus and Leo down in the bottom corners, which I think is also kind of representing like what is fixed in the world, you know, but also like what is changing because that world dancer is always moving. So there's like, there's no center, you know, except the one that you, that moves with you. Yeah. Which also in some ways kind of references like the wheel of fortune too.
1: Right. Yeah. But yeah, very important to note Saturn being the ruler there. Right. Like we always even say to like Saturn is like the planet of adulting, you know. Right. So you really are kind of like stepping up into this more like grown up essence of yourself yeah when and I, you're in that space
0: and i think that really references like how people can get stuck in temperance like we all know how you can get stuck in the cherry you just get like addicted to success and like you don't want to go any deeper you know like you just could yeah. keep making money you keep winning awards but you never you never explore anything beyond that sounds lovely but where you get stuck in temperance <laughs> is that you you enjoy the seeking you enjoy the retreat but you never end up offering your gifts out to the world right so it's like those people that are like always taking a class or going, you know, and doing workshops, but there's there's never actually any change. There's never any integration that's happening because what you learn in temperance isn't enough. You have to put it into practice, which is what happens in the last line.
1: When I feel like, I don't know, that just made me think of like so many of you out there who we've connected with in classes and things. And like, we probably met you uh, at some point in the temperance, right, or if you're listening to this, you might have some level of temperance, but it's been so profoundly amazing to watch so many and to connect with so many who have moved beyond temperance and are now like in, have has gone through those world phases, you know, those, some of you who we met who were like, you know, just exploring your own healing are now working as healers, you know, or pursuing The careers that you always wanted to be pursuing, you know, or at least like pushing yourself in that direction. Like that is that last line. Right. So, yeah, like so beautiful that we get to like bear witness as well as be expressions of that ourselves.
0: Yeah. But no, you all inspire us. Mm -hmm. I mean, something I've realized for myself, like in the last couple of years, especially since COVID, like I've been such a shadow artist. Like I haven't been doing my art. I've been in the shadows helping other people with their stuff, which I love. Like I am a healer. I am here to help you, but I also have to help myself, which is why, you know, I'm trying to like force myself to like be working on my tarot musical, to be talking about it, to even be like sharing a little bit of it, right? Because that gets me out of the shadow and into the light. And I, and I see that reflected in this amazing community. When I watch y'all like take your dreams by the horns, like the chariot and go and get after them. So hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully you enjoyed this tarot deep dive
1: volume four. (laughs) Yes. And please reach out to us and let us know if there are cards. You know, we've done these a few times. So if you listen to them all and you're like, wait, I'm still waiting for a deep dive on this card. or I want to express that card more. Let us know. And speaking of tarot, I wish I knew how to quit you, tarot. (laughs) We're going to do our tarot card of the episode.
0: So just take a moment and tune in, drop in, get centered, get quiet, get still just listening into the sound of the cards to connect to them trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode
1: tarot can you hear me
0: and so the message we all need until we meet again
1: is (laughs) oh
0: it's temperance (laughs) <laughs> but she came in upside down, but she's still temperance. Wow. I wish I knew how to quit you, temperance. I wish <laughs> I knew how
1: to quit temperance. No, but the uh, reversal is interesting.
0: So I think when the reversal shows up, it's like you're really struggling to believe that you can do the impossible. I think it also sometimes saying like there are aspects of yourself that are going to be surprising to you. There are unique ways of combining all the different aspects of yourself to really like bring your soul into greater awareness We think of the soul as like one thing, right? Just like we think our soul's purpose is going to be one job, but that's not true. Like we are these like incredible collections of different things. That's why we love looking at a birth chart, right? Because you understand like, oh, my soul is Saturn and Jupiter and Mercury and Venus and Vesta and Pallas Athena. You know, it's like it's all of these things combined. And so temperance reversed might say like, oh, there are aspects of your soul that you haven't met yet. Like, you think you know who's wearing the mask, but that's actually just part of it. It's not saying that the parts of your soul that you know are a lie. It's just saying
1: like there are more that want to come through. But it feels like you can't figure it out sitting in your room by yourself, you know, meditating. Like, you got to get out in the world and experience it. It's true. Yeah. I think that is a, a very
0: valid interpretation of it. And, you know, it's interesting because when you have the card upside down, the direction of the water changes. It, it just feels like we're, we're changing the direction from which we're filling into ourselves. So like whatever you find is nourishing or is restorative, like if you're a big journaler, then maybe temperance reversed is like, put the journal aside for a minute and find another way to connect to the essence of yourself. And the discovery of the self has infinite layers. So I think temperance reversed also might be like, don't be so easily satisfied with the revelation of your authenticity because it does keep moving it does keep flowing like the water depicted i love i love that temperance just showed up for us because that was also the card that inspired this whole deep dive like we knew we wanted to talk about temperance and i was like okay and then we can talk about the cherry in the world but so i also think it's really useful to like look at temperance in a bunch of different decks um And remember that you have divinity within you. Yeah. And before you can shine it out,
1: you got to shine it on yourself. Um, All right, all you bright lights out there. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Um, As we mentioned earlier, you can come hang out with us live in person at our upcoming uh, fall retreat at Kripalu, aligning with your inner guide, October 28th through the 31st. Um, all of the information at our website under our fall retreat tab. Uh, You can also uh, find us on all of the social medias at Instagram at Spiritual Gaze, Twitter at Spiritual Gaze, Facebook at The Spiritual Gaze, Um, and of course at our website, thespiritualgaze.com. Thank you everyone who continues to engage with us on all of our platforms, and thank you to everyone who has been leaving reviews. Um, Remember, we were having a little giveaway through the end of this month, um, that we'll be cashing in for everyone in November. So if you've already emailed us um, your review, please let us know which of our webinars you want to participate in. Um, I think we've emailed uh, most of you, if not all of you, back who've emailed them to us. And if you have left a review um, but haven't emailed us, please do email us at thespiritualgaze.com and let us, or thespiritualgaze@gmail.com, at gmail.com to let us know so that we can... Gift you your free session.
0: Yeah, because we don't know how to get a hold of you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we just see the cute names, but we're like, who is that? Who is that? So yeah, please email us and let us know. Uh the spiritual gaze at gmail.com. And that is it. Until next time. This has been your transit through
0: the spiritual game.